This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. It's a bit of a back to the future moment, really, because if you look back at the earliest days of spaceflight, before there was a NASA, and similarly, the very earliest days of aviation, before there were airplane companies or airlines, you'll find it was the vision and private capital of philanthropists like Samuel Langley and Robert Goddard and people they could draw to their cause that started it all, that taught the first lessons, established the first building blocks, and allowed everyone to envision what aviation and spaceflight could become and see the vast potential they held for the future. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at KathySullivanExplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to KathySullivanExplores.com. Unless you live in a cave, you've probably heard or read some things about the new space age that's unfolding around us. In an earlier episode, The New Wild West, number 108, if you want to give a listen, I talked about the many new players in the game, from would-be spacefaring nations to small commercial startup companies, and some of the big questions this wave of new activity has stirred up, like who sets the rules for who can do what, and who owns what? Today we'll take a deeper look at this new space age. What's really driving it? Is it just the desire to make money? What's the long-term thrust of it all? Now, I don't have a crystal ball or some super-secret source of insider intelligence, but it is pretty clear that two grand visions are strongly influencing a lot of the activity. One is the vision of Amazon and Blue Origin founder Jeff Bezos. And this is not something he has tumbled onto recently, like, now that I've made my fortune, I think I'll go to space. No, it goes way back with him. Jeff was valedictorian at his high school. And in that speech at the ripe old age of 17 or 18 years, he talked about how imperative it was for humankind to develop the ability to live off the planet, to move away from Earth and live in outer space. And he explained that this was essential to preserving humanity and Earth itself. And so the ultimate purpose of his company, Blue Origin, is much, much greater than taking wealthy tourists on short hops to the edge of space. These joyrides are merely stepping stones to his ultimate purpose, which is to build a number of huge space stations where millions of people can live and work. He would move heavy industry and resource extraction to space, he says, leaving Earth essentially zoned for residential and light industrial purposes. Imagine huge circular outposts with spokes connecting the central hub to the round ring, like the station seen in the movie 2001, or described by Jerry O'Neill in his book The High Frontier. This, Bezos believes, is the only path 
to preserving both humanity and the planet we now live on. Elon Musk's in a very different camp with his celestial vision. He's in what some might call the Stephen Hawking camp. Hawking famously once said that he doesn't think humanity will endure another thousand years unless it becomes a multi-planet species. This is Musk's driver for building the huge Starship booster and his plan to take a million people to Mars to colonize that planet. I'm not a fan of this vision, I have to tell you. I call it the lifeboat syndrome. It boils down to saying, well, since we're messing things up so badly down here, let's just bail out and go over there. That would be much better. And so Musk's big endeavors, SpaceX, Starlink's ubiquitous internet coverage, the Starship booster, are all stepping stones to this objective. Communities on Mars, established by huge spacecraft, equipped with very Earth-like amenities, such as lecture halls, movie theaters, and so on. He doesn't say about how you're going to get Netflix during the months that you're en route, but he'll probably figure that out. And trust me, the disastrous first Starship launch has not deterred him in the least. As much as I'd love to go to Mars, every geologist would, I think, you can probably guess that I would be more aligned with Bezos' vision than with Musk's. But what must be said in favor of both of these gentlemen is they are backing their vision with huge investments of time and capital. And their efforts are powerful catalysts opening the space frontier to new players and propelling the new space age we're in. It's a bit of a back to the future moment, really, because if you look back at the earliest days of spaceflight, before there was a NASA, and similarly, the very earliest days of aviation, before there were airplane companies or airlines, you'll find it was the vision and private capital of philanthropists like Samuel Langley and Robert Goddard and people they could draw to their cause that started it all, that taught the first lessons, established the first building blocks, and allowed everyone to envision what aviation and spaceflight could become and see the vast potential they held for the future. I think in a very real sense, that's what Bezos and Musk are doing. Where it all goes from here will be up to people like you and me and the kids and grandkids in our lives. They will inherit the lessons and early building blocks from these initial efforts and have the opportunity to write a really exciting new chapter, both in spaceflight and the future of humanity and our planet. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com. This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute. New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.